Welcome to Learned Lag, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm Amanda. And I'm George. Amanda and I are both in Zephyr A. This is season 29 for me and season 25 for Amanda. And this is day 22 of season 97. The first question asks us uh, in what TV miniseries was a newborn Mandinka baby held aloft by his father? Uh, the, uh, the, the fact that the baby was African... Uh, and that it says that this image would become ironic later on, yeah. told me that this was Roots. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've, I may have seen that scene uh, in a comparison to The Lion King, ah. uh, which, of course, the question references as well. Um, but I don't think I've ever seen Roots itself. I've seen a lot of parts of it, mm. some of the iconic images from it. And this is one of them, so I was fairly certain it was Roots. Yeah, this one... Uh was more much more of a guess than an actual knowledge for me but i couldn't imagine that it was anything else besides roots if it was you know the way the scene is described of a baby being held as a symbol of opportunity and freedom and it becomes ironic like that sounds like being you know subjected to slavery so um i figured that that had to be roots and it made sense that you know that connection with Africa and so on, it kind of makes me feel weird about the Lion King version of it. <laughs> That's, I don't like that real well. Um, not that I didn't already have some concerns, but yeah, I, I just figured this, this had to be Roots because, partly because there aren't that many mini serieses yeah. to even really pick from in this sense. Like, you know, certainly one's with with the African connection to them, um, it just you know I, it really narrows down the possibilities when you're asking about a miniseries essentially, uh, at least in an iconic one. Like there are lots of them now, and they call them limited series sometimes mm-hmm. instead of miniseries. Um, but they were, you know, in terms of iconic ones. This that I feel like that means it had to have taken place a, f- a few decades ago. I'm gonna say, like the the advent of streaming and and so on has, and in premium cable doing lots of miniseries has really kind of changed that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like for it to be iconic now, it had to be further in the past. And you know, if it's called a miniseries, that's probably also indicating it's further in the past. So. Roots is exactly the kind of title that I would go for in that circumstance. And that was the correct title. Hmm. Well done. Question two asks us, uh, with a lot of extra information, (laughs) uh, what city did painter Alma Thomas uh, work in and live in? Right. And it talks about um, her link to other American artists and... Um, teaching school in a particular location and in particular was the first graduate of an HBCU's fine arts program. Um, and so I, you know, given that this is a woman artist, um, I immediately thought of women's HBCUs of which there aren't that many, I think. Um, and so that made me think of Spelman in Atlanta. So that was kind of my top choice for um, where this would be, because I didn't know it, uh, although I think I've probably heard Thomas's name, um, 
previously, but just not with enough background to really pull it just from that. Um, I considered some other cities, like thinking about other places in the South. Um, I considered whether this could have been somewhere further north too, but we don't really have that many HBCUs in the same way, I guess, it seems like to me. Um, and so I ended up going with Atlanta. I, I did think about Washington, D.C. I did think about, uh, you know, Tennessee locations there, like just, but Atlanta seemed likeliest to me. So that was the guess that I went with. Uh, I too zeroed in on the HBCU thing. Uh, I misread the question uh, and thought that it, was, that it said that she was the first female graduate mm. of an HBCU's fine arts program, hmm. which ended up getting it for me because I too started thinking, okay, HBCU, a major city that would have, uh, uh, that would have been able to support, support, that's it, who has been able to support uh, an art movement uh, mm. and the like. Uh, so I figured it was either going to be Washington, D.C., Howard or Atlanta uh, Morehouse Spellman right uh, but then if because I misread it and thought it was oh the first female graduate I figured Spellman is a women's college uh -huh. the first female graduate of a program from Spellman oh. <laughs> would not be notable uh. however the first female graduate of a program from Howard which had fewer female students but uh, as I recall was co-ed much earlier than than most hmm. that would still be notable so i figured okay well since it's supposed to be notable about her maybe it's washington dc hmm. um i tried other stuff and tried letting color school bounce around in my head and just thinking what would that what city would that be associated with nothing worked mm -hmm. uh i tried shaw junior high and i figured okay that must be important and I thought, okay, who are famous Shaws that you would name a junior high school after? The only one I could think of was Raymond Shaw, who was the commander of the 54th Massachusetts, the, uh, the all-African-American regiment from the movie Glory. Oh. But that didn't help me because that was a Massachusetts regiment. Mm. Uh, and you know, I, I figured the city wouldn't be Boston because uh, that doesn't have... As far as I know, any notable HBCUs. Right. Um, and I thought, well, let me see. They fought in South Carolina, so maybe it's near there. But mm. I, nothing really floated there as far as a community that could have supported a major art movement and had an HBCU in it. Um, so I just kind of dropped that and kept coming back to, okay, it's either D.C. or Atlanta. And I think it's D.C. because probably she uh, was this notable graduate of Howard University. Hmm. Uh, so I will say Washington, D.C. That was the correct answer. Yeah, go figure. That's amazing. Uh, as it turns out, Shaw Junior High is in fact named after Raymond Shaw. Oh, good pull there. Wow. Uh, yeah, it, I, I guess it was okay to, it, it was a school for uh, black children in mm -hmm. the, in the night. It was, I think it was named that in the 1920s. So huh. at, at the point where like, okay, well, we're allowed to name schools for black kids after white people as long as they were associated <laughs> with black people. Wow. Yeah. So uh, more or less a coin flip on that one, but it worked. Cool. Well played, if sort of indirectly played. So, yes. 
uh, question three asks us about a dish that features a liqueur that is flambéed tableside and was prepared for Queen Victoria in 1897. Uh, so my first clue was kirsch, which mm -hmm. is generally a cherry liqueur. Mm -hmm. uh, and the flambé, I felt that was probably, I think, Cherry's Jubilee is sort of like that. And then Queen Victoria in 1897 was having her, one of her Jubilees. Mm -hmm. uh, that was far enough in her reign. I, I'll say it might have been her 60th Jubilee at that point. Maybe just 50. I don't, I don't recall exactly how long she was on the throne. But it wasn't many years after that. that mm -hmm. I think it was 1910 she, she died, so... Yeah, that, that sounded about right, 63 years, so that would have been about 50 years. Okay, yeah, we'll say we'll say uh, Cherry's Jubilee. Right, and uh, one of the things that's, well, a few clues really pointed me towards this one pretty quickly. Um, you know, it's namesake ingredient with liqueur, often Kirsch, Kirsch's cherry-flavored liqueur. Mm -hmm. um, so that brings you know brings the cherries to the forefront right away um and flambéed table side that of course sounded like cherries jubilee and i note uh, more retroactively than i did quite at the time that you know i figured that the preparation for queen victoria in 1897 had to do with a jubilee year that she you know was being was being celebrated um but i note that it didn't say that it was invented in that year even, but that mm. it was prepared for her in that specific year by this French chef mm. who presumably was the creator of it, but I don't know that he was the creator of it truly because um, the, the question doesn't quite specify that. That's a good point. Um, and so the point is that you're being led to the Jubilee part of the answer by mm -hmm. this particular uh, reference to it, yep. which doesn't quite say this was even the first time it was ever prepared or that this person was the inventor of it but the key thing was that it was produced for this event um and so i i thought it seemed pretty clear that this had to be cherry's jubilee and that was the correct answer question four asks us what late 16th century comedy was much later adapted in the films 10 things i hate about you and deliver us from eva yeah, so this one I never, you know, I've I've heard more about how Ten Things I Hate About You is based on a play by Shakespeare. Um, but I never apparent I I haven't seen the movie and I haven't committed to memory that link between whatever play it is and the particular film. So I ended up going with As You Like It, mostly as a sheer guess, kind of because it had the word like in it. And I thought, you know, hate and like would be sure. kind of yeah. the, a link of opposites in a way. Um, and so, yeah, it, it left me feeling like, you know, I have these um, web games that are helping me with my geography score, yeah. with the worldal and statal. I need a Shakespeare-tal because <laughs> I need something to engage me and get me into that trivia. And I don't know how to to get there because it's a whole kind of field of study that I, um, I just don't have the depth of background in to, to answer trivia questions super well on. All right. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I'm surprised that you never saw 10 things I hate about you. It was a very good movie. Mm -hmm. and very popular. I didn't see uh, a lot of things. Time. Yeah. Fair. Uh, 
but th- it was based on Taming of the Shrew, mm-hmm. which I, I I knew I'd I'd heard about, but I I kind of had to make make the connection in my brain because there are a lot of Shakespearean comedies that have kind of vaguely similar plots, mm-hmm. um, but this one in particular, uh, I, I remember Ten Things I Hate About You is about uh, Heath Ledger being paid by a classmate to woo uh julia styles yeah uh who is the sort of misanthropic rough-edged elder sister of a girl that the the employer of heath ledger wants to go out with right uh, but her dad won't let the younger sister date anyone until the older sister does Got it. Uh, the dad ably played by uh that guy, I can't remember. The, one, of, <laughs> one of the all-time great that guys. Oh, I love that guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's at least a couple of people yelling at their podcasting, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's fine. Um, but uh, so uh, part of the the whole plot of it was that Heath Ledger had to woo her and charm her because she mm-hmm. hated everybody and was grumpy, very shrewish, and he had to tame her. Right. So that that locked it in for me mm-hmm. uh, and i've never seen the other movie but okay uh but yeah like i said it, it, 10 things was famously based on uh a shakespearean play and it was definitely taming of the shrew but i really had to uh, concentrate to make sure that that was correct and i was certain of it when i submitted and that was the correct answer well done question five Essentially asks us, what does a philatelist collect? <laughs> yeah, it's stamps. Uh, mm-hmm. This was the issuance. Actually, this is technically not true. Okay. Uh, I, I looked it up just to be sure. Um, but the the Penny Black, the very first stamp, was mm-hmm. in fact issued on July 1st, 1840. Oh. It was first used. It was first allowed to be used. Used a bowl. Accepted as a stamp. Mm-hmm. On July 6th, which was, in fact, the next day. Huh. So. Wait, what? The July 1st to July 6th was the next? Uh, oh, sorry, May, May 1st to May 6th. Oh, May 1st. Okay. Yes, sorry. Um, it was, they, they went on sale on May 1st. You could use them as postage on May 6th. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, Tomlinson collected one and I believe... Uh, was was the first person to just kind of put a stamp away and say, mm-hmm. you know, I've got one of these, and eventually it became valuable. Ah, uh-huh. okay. Um, but yeah, so this was a stamp, right? Is what I said. Yeah, I the the only qualm I had about this one was, you know, most or I would say a lot of learned leaguers are going to know what a philatelist is. Mm-hmm. And so it seemed almost too easy to me to be asking just what would one collect. Mm-hmm. So it took me a while to reassure myself that Thorsten wasn't asking for the specific name of the stamp. Right. Yeah. That would have been reasonable. And I, you know, I kind of leaned on the fact that he didn't say, you know, the first ever issuance of what specific item or, you know, something that indicated he wanted the name of it. Um, which I didn't know offhand very well. Um, but I thought, you know, uh, on reread, I thought, I think this is just asking about postage stamps. And, um, you know, it, it notes that uh, 
the the it was a day after the issuance so you can't really it made sense to me that that's kind of the earliest when you could start collecting a thing like that yeah. Yeah. it's not a collection if you haven't held on to it for any period of time mm -hmm. uh, in its existence i guess um and so i ended up putting down postage stamp with just a little bit of a qualm thinking oh no it's going to be about the upside down plane stamp or mm -hmm. you know something that i i can't quite pull um but i i decided to to keep it simple and figured that he's you know he's not trying to trick us quite that hard so i put down postage stamp uh and the correct answer was postage stamp i just said stamp okay. i think i'm gonna get credit for it i should think we'll so see. Question six asks us for the uh, common name of the Carnegie Gigantia. Yes, and describes it as a very large cactus uh, from the desert southwest, um, which just has to be a saguaro. That's, um, you know, the ones that you'll see in in uh, old, you know, Wile E. Coyote cartoons. Yep. Um, it, like, it's, it's very recognizable um and uh and just very large too like if you even just been there you it's, it's really impressive to see them uh in person because of that so um i i think i first learned this probably from one or both of my parents um you know talking about that and we we took a trip to arizona when i was a teenager uh at some point and and got to see them for real and that was pretty cool so uh it makes an impression the name is not like really any other um cactus name or or just plant name in general um so i've just known for probably a few decades now that this is the saguaro yeah um it's the i can only think of one other cactus name and that's the barrel cactus yeah yeah which looks like a barrel and it it's does. Not, not this so yeah i mm -hmm. figured this has got to be the saguaro or saguaro however you would like to pronounce it mm. um and that was i kind of tried bouncing around other possible cactus names but just thought this has got to be the saguaro right yeah yeah i'll go with that yeah and that was the correct answer oh i can think of a, the prickly pear that's uh, one more yeah. cactus that i know yeah i don't know um, what that one looks like though it's kind of a bunch of flat um, teardrop shaped things uh, like, okay. Okay. and then yeah. you'll see flowers at the end of them, or there'll be pink ones at the end that are the fruits that, sure. you know, people will make into jam and stuff. Um, but definitely very, also kind of iconic in their way, because they're, they're another type of, hey, everybody, it's a cactus, you know, kind of like mm -hmm. you'll see them, uh, like you can draw them easily and that kind of thing. Uh, kind of in the same way that the universal, you know, Foley effect for Hayward in the jungle is a peacock's cry. Mm -hmm. um, it's that, that same kind of like the saguaro and the prickly pear, the ones everybody has probably seen on a Warner Brothers cartoon right. um, or, or the like and may or may not know the actual names of. Um, but yeah, this was a saguaro, of course. Yep. And that was correct. Yeah. And so, congrats to you. Thanks. If I get credit for stamp, I will ah, beard you will. it. You'd better. Uh, unfortunately, I, I am mathematically relegated at this Aww. point. Unless 
oddly enough, the person I'm playing today uh, loses the rest of their games and forfeits one. Wow. Yeah. And the two other people above <laughs> me have to lose all of theirs as well. And yeah, I'm, I'm out of it. It's just... <laughs> As one of our friends said, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know that I'm mathematically safe, um, uh, but I, you know, and I don't love that this was four out of six, and I felt like there was at least one, if not two, that I really should have had, because um, I, I, you know, I kind of glanced past Washington, D.C. for that art question, um, and really there's not a super good excuse for not knowing a lot of Shakespeare-adjacent pop mm. culture and the plays generally. I so. would definitely have given you no more than one on that one. Well, I, I can hope. I figured that you would have seen 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah, I mean, there's. A, you'd think I would. It was just one of those times when we were not watching a lot of movies. and sure. um, You know, so kind of, especially like teen rom-coms, I guess. Mm -hmm. So that didn't, didn't really cross the radar there. Reasonable. Um, but yeah, I can hope that that's a low one. I... I figured the art question will be most people's three-pointer of the day mm -hmm. um, because I, you know, just based on my sense of how widely known the various things are. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, I, you know, not giving up hope or anything, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, sure wish I'd kind of plucked that one back. You are not mathematically safe yet. However, you are... 14 spaces above the red so mm -hmm. a lot of things would have to go very comprehensively wrong for you yeah, to, to fall out yeah. i worry about saying that out loud yep so so yeah let's let's hope not fingers crossed on all counts Indeed. and that's it for today tune in tomorrow for more post-game analysis and remember don't forfeit don't cheat